everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the T's. Texture Award winners have been announced. Yep. What do you think about it? I'm so excited for them. (laughs) It's such a big deal. We covered it exclusively on the site. It is one of my top picks for this week in terms of what you gotta read. So we'll talk about it in a bit, but my God, what a big deal for those winners. And I know, for right? Special honorees. So Love there it. was a curveball. We had to know that Monet was gonna do that to us um, in course. the best way. So yeah, no, big, big, big deal for our industry. So excited for them. And we're gonna talk about it in a bit. All right. On last week's episode, I interviewed Sebastian Langmakirtley, salon owner and L'Oreal professional artist who told me all about L'Oreal Professional's new metal detox line. So interesting line, if you were one of those lucky subscribers of our subscription box, you had the full line in the box. There's actually a couple left on the tease.com. Check them out. But Sebastian was absolutely lovely to talk to. It was his first podcast. So that's always exciting. Uh, so I hope everybody enjoyed it. For sure. And if you like learning more about the salon professional industry, those who are enacting change and generally creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeup at the tease.com, where Kelly and I are scrolling through Ding. and reading. <laughs> So this week I spoke with industry rising star, Brenetta Ashley, who is the artistic educator with the salon by InStyle inside JCPenney. We talk about growing up in the salon, her competitions that she always enters, and how to build a career path that can land you as the artistic director at a big name salon. Love that. It's going to be so good. But before we get there, so much happening in the world, Kelly. The big thing right now is con. I'm not going to say can, con, right? Like it's oh, glamour's yes. mm-hmm. back. Indeed. Things have opened up. We're seeing the celebs and the film festival and all of that good stuff. Uh, and beauty, which is of course of interest to us. The big trend that we're seeing uh, is that gray hair is here to stay. Mm. So there was talk that like, <laughs> oh, it's a passing thing. Like, oh, uh, we're all getting through this pandemic together and like, we'll come back and we'll... And now it seems that folks are embracing gray. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about gray on our last episode. We talked about Dead. maybe you could. <laughs> you can you have a less stressful life. You, you lose your grace. These folks must live a very stressful life um, in the limelight because they're walking the red carpet with a head full of gray. How do you feel about this? I say no, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we talked about a little gray we kind of like, but like. I don't know. That's a full commitment. Cause I think about myself like, okay, how long does it take to grow out? And that, you know, you see people that you're like, I think you're growing it out. Cause you got like yep. six inches yep. of gray and I think it's a process, but it's something that you must fully commit to for a long period of time. I there are certainly, agree. yeah, there are certainly people who can totally rock it. It's absolutely stunning and beautiful, but at my age, I'm not going to do it. That's fair. So Andy McDowell, um, famously an actress, 90s, we love all Mm -hmm. of that stuff, but longstanding contract girl with L'Oreal. And so she's walked the carpet a few times. She's got the big bouncy curls and it's all great. I mean, like it looks incredible. So good for her. I don't think everybody can pull that off is what I'm getting at. In the best way. In the best way. Yes. I wonder if she still has her contract. I think so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I think so. (laughs) Spoiler alert. She does. 
So things that are happening within the salon professional industry, let's talk about it. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering everything that's going on, diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are our favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. We already talked about what mine is, so not going to be a spoiler when we get to it. But you're going to kick us off, Kelly. What are you obsessed with on the tease.com this week? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the whole metals in the hair. So again, L'Oreal Professional Metal Detox Service, it's so interesting the difference that you can see in the coloration and lightening process with the clients that have used it and have not used it. So, I mean, copper, iron, manganese, I think that's how you mm-hmm, say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't only coat the hair, but they rest on your strand. They like take up residency. So, no, not interested in it. This not strips all. it all back out and basically allows for hair color to work better. So interesting new innovation again, excited to see what our industry thinks about L'Oreal Professionals' new metal detox. Yeah, head to the article called Let's Talk Molecules, the Science Behind L'Oreal Professionals' Metal Detox to find everything that Kelly's talking about. It is so fascinating. Uh, Look, we, we said it at the top of the call. I'm very, very excited about this. The Texture Style Awards winners have been announced. We're gonna talk about it in a sec. The founder of the Texture Style Awards is a friend of the podcast, two-time guest, Monet Everett. We love her. We talked about what we should expect. Now we've seen it. It was a great production. And the winners are Angelica Morella Danza, Sandra Henry, Richard Statton, Maryland Represent, and Ronnie and Nicole. Everybody, you got to go to the website, thetease.com, look for the winners have been chosen read all about them. We've got some bios. We've got some quotes from them. Really, really excited about this for those folks. And then there were some special honorees. So we'll shout them out now. Joy Williams, Kia Neal, and then No Stylist Left Behind podcast, our podcast (laughs) fam. Um, They also got a shout out during the ceremony, again, to read more about what happened, what these folks are going to be doing now that they've won. Go over to thetease.com. Can't can't talk about it enough and so much so we're going to be having them on our podcast yay so yeah in the coming weeks you're going to be hearing from texture style award winners uh because this is such a big deal uh for our industry all right so the other article that i'm going to feature highlights a new product innovation from the crown and no it's not the Netflix series, The Crown. (laughs) our editors interviewed mike sabag on toxicity in straightening treatments. I mean, that's been a hot topic before, um, but he created a product to do it better, to make in-salon straightening less toxic. So he is an incredible serial entrepreneur. He certainly knows a thing or two about launching a successful business in this space. He created Sarna Key and the original Moroccan oil. So he's back. Yeah. <laughs> so he's back with his most recent venture called The Crown. Again, an in salon smoothing treatment that prides itself on being formaldehyde free. So check out the article. The Crown's Mike Sabag is making in salon straightening less toxic on the tease.com. Love that. We love an exclusive interview. And speaking Indeed. of my last of the top stories from this week that I'm really, really into is another exclusive interview. We sat down with Ivana Kuhner, who is the Mm. creator of skincare line Anove. uh, And it's all about sort of innovative, clean products, sustainable product development, which we are obsessed with at the T's. Anove eliminates the use of phthalates. Mm. Yes, let's go with that. 
Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I know. I like I was very confident. That I was like, no, no, no. Anove eliminates the use of phthalates, parabens, sulfates, but they also ensure that their products work on all skin tones, all skin types and concerns. So you are definitely going to want to know. You're definitely going to want to go over to the tease.com, read the article again, an exclusive interview. We sat down with the founder and then go to anove.com, look into their products and you should maybe add some of those to cart. I love it. I love that we need to take out the things that we can't pronounce. These things in real life, right? Life of a podcaster. (laughs) But for real, so much that's happening on thetease.com. We are updating constantly. So go over there, check out all of the stories. There's so many incredible pieces that we know that salon pros and consumers are going to be caring about. So check it out. Check it out. So after the break, we'll hear more from Bernetta Ashley. Um, just full of life, full of energy. Again, she is the artistic educator with the Salon by InStyle inside JCPenney. Um, So wonderful to hear all about her take on competitions and always believing in yourself. So today um, we are super excited to welcome Bernetta Ashley to Volume Up at the Tees. Um, we are just thrilled! Yay! The excitement is 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 pouring out. So we're coming off a great weekend. Um, and a little bit about Bernetta: she grew up in a family of hairstylists. So the art of hair is part of your DNA, which, like me, I grew up. My mom was a stylist for forty years too. So I think there's. Maybe there's something special about us. I don't know. <laughs> I'm definitely going to say something there. Um, super funny. I didn't even want to do hair when I was like growing up because hanging out in the salon on the weekend, I was like, I don't want to be here on the weekend. Like yeah. I want to go out. So no, I don't want to do hair. So funny. <laughs> and then here I am. So with 17 years of experience, you are the artistic educator with the salon by InStyle, which is inside of JCPenney. So amongst that credential, there's many, many more. So welcome to the podcast, Bernetta. Again, really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for um, having me. I'm super excited about <laughs> this. Um, I, I, when I, okay. When I got the email, I was like, what? Are they correct? They want to do this with me? Sure, <laughs> I'll do it. Like it was kind of, it, it blew my mind. So very thankful to be here with you guys today. You got it. Okay. So we touched a little bit on your family of hairstylists and how you didn't want to be a stylist, but here we are 17 years later. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your family of hairstylists. There were multiple hairstylists. Like take me through a little bit of that childhood journey. So both grandmothers, a cousin and an aunt are hairstylists. So, um, I pretty much grew up in the salon after school. I would go to the salon. Um, I would hang out in the salon on the weekend and, I always love the energy in a salon. Yeah. So it was always like, you know, the ladies come in, they're having great conversations. It was like girl talk all day long. I liked that aspect of it. But like when I was there, you know, it was like sweeping up the hair, doing those yeah. different types of things, folding towels. Oh, so yeah. I was like, this is work. I don't want to do this. This is not <laughs> um, what I find enjoyable. But um, during my senior year of high school, I was a cheerleader. And so I would do our hair for different competitions, or I always kind of had this idea of like, oh yeah, maybe I'll dabble in it one day eventually. So my senior year of high school, I had the opportunity to actually start cosmetology school. 
Okay. Wow. So my senior year, I did half a day high school, the other half cosmetology. And that's kind of where my love for hair just kind of grew and it just took off. And then once I graduated high school, I finished cosmetology and then I went to um, San Francisco State. Oh, so wow. okay. I, um, doing hair put me through college. Huh. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. You know, back in my day, <laughs> we couldn't do that. Like the, the half day school, I would have for sure done that. That is amazing that you thought, Hey, I'm just going to get this skill, right? Who knows where it might take you. It was always supposed to be like the backup plan. Sure. Like I was like, okay, hair is going to be my backup plan to everything else. But then I just took off and I had a love for it. And I just always remember my grandmother, she would tell me like, she was like, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Don't halfway do it, do it all the way. And now here I am. Here you are. So then after college or during college, were you working, you said, you know, cosmetology sort of put you through college. Were you working nights, weekends? Like how did you make that full-time leap to the career? I had a crazy work schedule. (laughs) Like (laughs) I think about sometimes I don't even know how I did it. I went to class on mostly like Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Okay. And then, um, no, take that back. I went to class Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I worked in the salon in the evenings on Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, all day, Saturday, oh, half boy. day on Sunday. And I still had all a right. social life in there too. So <laughs> it was all about, you know, you leave the salon on Saturday, you go out Saturday night and you wake up Saturday, Sunday morning and you're like, okay, let's do this. Do this all, all over, over again. again. <laughs> yeah. So then tell me a little bit about like what was your biggest milestone in your career thus far? I will say my biggest milestone um, would have to be becoming an educator. Okay. I think that that was, and I became an educator who probably about nine years ago. All right. And I always knew that I wanted to do more than just be behind the chair as a stylist. Um, I loved going to classes. I loved what someone gave me in return. And I just always remembered that I wanted to be able to give that back to somebody else. That same feeling of like, wow, the light bulb going off kind of feeling. So I kind of knew that I always wanted that same feeling. So that's when I um, became an educator. I will tell you right at the time when I became an educator, I didn't quite know if being a hairstylist was still going to be for me. So we all have those feelings throughout our career where we're like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Is this really working for me? Maybe I need to try to have, figure out something else. And I remember at that time, my salon manager, she told me, she was like, okay, there's an opportunity coming up. I want you to audition for it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, okay. And so she's like, if you don't get it, you can do whatever you want to do after that. Cause I had already started telling her, like, I think I want to leave. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And so she was like, if you don't get it, you can do whatever you want to do after that. When I tell you that was the longest audition process I had ever been through. So it was definitely like that test of time to see, are you really going to stick with something? I auditioned starting in like December and I didn't find out I got the position until like April. Okay. So it was like months Mm -hmm. of like, What's happening? Is it going to work? <laughs> What's going on? It was like different phases of the interview process. And, you know, I kept saying, and she kept telling me, she was like, you have to stick it out. You need to wait. Don't make any major moves. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> and then when it happened, what it really did, it taught me to be patient. Sure. Okay. And it taught me to be consistent. And I 
think that those are two things that I stick by to this day is being patient and being consistent. Even now I have to tell myself, be patient, be consistent, (laughs) like keep going, don't stop. So yeah, that was my biggest milestone for sure. Great. And that was the audition for the artistic educator? Correct. Okay. Amazing. So what was it like to get that phone call or that email? You did it. It was such like a, a sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, it was like, I think I was feeling a, a ton of different emotions because I didn't tell a lot of people about it, that I had okay. an audition. Cause you know, you don't want to tell people. Cause my thing is always, if I tell too many people, then I'm going to have to let them know I didn't get it. So if I yes. don't tell a lot of people, <laughs> no one knows. Type of thing. Yes. So, um, it was definitely a sigh of relief. The people, the few people that did know that I did it, they were like, you got it. You got it. And I was like, no, but what if, what if, what if? (laughs) And so when I finally had that moment to tell them, like, I got it, I did it. Um, it was definitely that just like sigh of relief. It was exciting. Um, super overwhelming. And I think what it was, was that really knowing that I could stick with something and actually do it all the way out and Mm -hmm. not stop halfway through. Sure. So tell, tell me a little bit about what has that journey been as the artistic educator? What does that, you know, if there's any cosmetology students listening, what is that, you know, what's the role, I guess. So in this role, we train our hairstylists that work with inside of JCPenney's. We give them the latest um, trends and tips. And we um, also work behind the chair as a stylist. We also um, are really just sharing knowledge. So it's all about giving back into our community, making sure that they know the latest of hairstyling and different trends and those different types of things. Um, We also connect with future professionals. So sometimes we do events at some of the cosmetology schools. Okay. From that, we also do um, sometimes print work. So in magazines, um, we also do like photo shoots within our company. So it's just a lot of different hats that we get to wear, but still all within the beauty umbrella. I love it. So tell me why Salon by InStyle versus, you know, another, maybe a smaller shop or going out on your own. Tell me a little bit about the culture that JCPenney has fostered at the salon. It's a family. It is a family. Um, I've been there going on 18 years now. So wow. all right. when I tell you I started my career there, it was all about creating a career path and a development. There's many different ways that you can create and grow your um career. I chose education. You can become a salon manager. You can be a master stylist behind the chair. So there's tons of different opportunities and avenues for you to go through that Mm -hmm. really help to grow and develop you as a stylist. And I think that that was the main important thing for me, having that opportunity to grow and develop as a stylist, um, actually having that solid foundation. I also think about having the benefits that it comes with it. You can have you know, healthcare, you can have your 401k. So there's things that really help to flourish you as a stylist. Sure. That's awesome. So our good, we have a friend in common, Mickey Wright, who told us, we just have to talk to you. So she referred us from beauty superstars talk and other podcasts. Like we're a friend of her pod. Absolutely love what she's doing. Tell me how you met Mickey and that, what that relationship is like. Um, so last summer, on social media, just scrolling away. And I happened to see some of her podcasts. And so I started chiming in. And then I simply just started liking and commenting on her posts. And then she introduced me to her um, business program that she has. 
And so I was like, well, you know what? I'll sign up for it. I signed up for it. And it really just opened my eyes to a lot of different op- other opportunities. It also got me to refocus. So okay. I think that those are some things that we have to think about. Like, And when I say refocus, refocus on some of those smaller details that you think you're doing but you're not actually jotting it down. I will always remember one of her things she told me and it was like, actually write out what you wanna do, not um, just put it in your phone or you know say it in your mind, but actually yep. physically write it out. And I have been doing that since then and so much has changed and become different. So that's interesting. I, I love, love that. Mickey for that. Yeah, love I mean, Mickey it's, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's like the intention of sitting and writing and thinking it through versus as she mentioned, doesn't count on your phone, right? You just did it. You're off to the next thing, but that real concentrated effort. So she's doing amazing things for our industry. So we thank her for that. Certainly. (laughs) And then moving into, you know, competitions and some of the accomplishments of your career, you've certainly been involved with Naha, um, as well as the one shot at behind the chair. And you're also a finalist for the beauty and vision awards, uh, with the Wella portfolio. So tell me about some of those achievements. Why do you, why do you, you know, think to enter competition? What drives your, your ambition behind that? So the first thing I'll say about competitions is it is not about winning. I think everyone gets so hooked on the thing of winning and it is not about winning. For me, competitions are all about personal growth. Okay. So yeah. I look to see where I was maybe a year ago with competing compared to where I am now. I look to see what I'm doing differently, how I can do things differently. It's all about my own personal growth. It's not about um, winning. Yes, winning will always feel good, no matter <laughs> what. I don't care what nobody says. Yes, winning will always feel good. But what really comes to winning is knowing that I took a concept in my mind, actually created it into something, created a vision for it, have a photo of it, and it's what I actually really wanted it to be. I've always liked the idea of competitions. I can remember um, going to my first Born and Brothers show back in probably like 2003 or somewhere around in there, and it was amazing, like just seeing the energy on the stage, seeing the energy from the crowd. So that's kind of what sparked that whole like interest into doing competitions. Um, I think about my very first competition that I entered was probably like back in 2008 somewhere. I literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had um, I took a picture like of my of my friend did her hair and to see like the growth from that it definitely is like my own personal satisfaction. Sure, for sure. Um, And I think that that's kind of like what keeps me going with them. It's just the constant thing of like, okay, you did this that time. How can you improve on that for the next time? Right. How do you think competitions um, sort of grow our industry? Like, why are they important for our industry overall? I think it's a great way for um, acknowledgement to get noticed, to get recognized. Um, I think a lot of times we always get in our mind like, oh, you have to have this many followers and then you automatically get recognized and people know who you are. That does not mean that. It is an opportunity for you to showcase what you love to do. And, you know, it's a big deal for me to get recognized with BTC and Beauty and Vision and even Naha because it shows that, you know, the smaller pages, the the hard work, the consistency that matters is yep. a great way for you to get acknowledged and recognized. And it's a way for you to put your creativity out there. 
Um, I think of when it comes to competitions, there's kind of like endless possibilities. When you think about in the salon, I may not be able to make your hair that extreme. Like it has to be something a little more scaled down. But in a competitive world, like those wild ideas you have in your mind, you can put them out there and we love it. Yeah. And it's a source of inspiration for other stylists, right? I mean, just flexing those creative muscles is important to keep you sharp, right? Even though, like you said, it might not translate to day to day, probably very rarely. Um, But again, so does, you know, great fashion designers, same sort of concept, right? I love watching, like looking at runway shows yeah. and seeing what's on the runway because we take those same concepts and we apply them into hair and we create these huge visions. And you can even take some of those same things that we see and you can make it day to day, but then you can also make it avant-garde. So I sure. think that that's like the cool thing with um, competitions. So for, again, any young stylist listening, you mentioned that you took, you did your friend's hair, you took a picture and off went the submission. What are your, um, what's your bit of advice for young stylists that are like, I can't, I can't do a competition. I don't even know where to start. There are so many different new avenues and opportunities to build a portfolio now compared to when I first started. And when you think about it, it's really not that long ago, but so much has transpired. There is Instagram, there is TikTok, there is you know, Facebook, you can literally just look under the hashtag of um, photographers in your area. Photographers are always looking to network. Um, Makeup artists are always looking to network. Um, I will tell you, I literally just started Googling um, photographers in my area this year. Oh, it was COVID. So things were really a little bit different. So it wasn't like I was having that ability to travel. Um, My beauty and vision look that I submitted, that is my cousin. So amazing. um, I used what I had, the resources that I had. That was my cousin. That was one of my really good friends that is a makeup artist. And I just reached out to her and I was like, hey, I have something that I would love to do. Would you like to do this for me? She was like, hands in, no big deal. The photographer, he was like, I really haven't had the opportunity to shoot this type of work before, but I'll give it a try. And we did it. it. And then here we are. Here you are. So it's really about just taking the resources that you have around you. It can be something as simple as if you don't have a makeup artist, go to your local makeup store and say, good point. Talk to the makeup artists that are in there. A lot of times they are looking to build portfolios just as well as you are. Um, I mentioned about photographers, just click into your area to see what photographers are there. When it comes to models, you don't always feel like you have to have um, a professional model. Sure. Look to see who you have in your close friends and family. I use my friends and family for pretty much everything. And, and they're not models and they will be the first to say like, no, I'm not a model. I don't know how to do those different types of things. But then I start um, looking at how you can create different things. Other things to do is study, um, train your, start to train your eye. So start looking at magazines and looking how they start to pose the models. And I look at a lot of like high fashion magazines. Mm -hmm. So your Vogue's, your W, um, your L, start looking to see how they pose the models. So then you can start to teach your friends and family how to do those poses. Good point. Great point. See, look at, you're resourceful. (laughs) Like and literally just start taking pictures. And the more you start taking pictures, the more it will start to become familiar to you. 
the more you will start looking at your own work and critiquing your own work. I am my own worst critic. Nobody <laughs> can critique my work worse than me. And right. I like being that way. Some people may think of it as extreme, but I like being that way because that's the only way that I'm going to be able to improve it. So if I see those fine hairs, I'm pretty sure somebody else would see those fine hairs. Mm. Now I know how to correct it. You got it. That makes sense. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, education and and where you see that going for, you know, post COVID, I guess that's what we're in maybe right now. I think that, you know, brands are certainly looking to say, what is the next wave or type of education that stylists are seeking and would love for you to comment on where you think education is going. Um, education will always be around. Education is going to be a key foundation to our careers, our, um, our industry. If there isn't any education, we're not going to be able to grow and develop and flourish. Yep. Um, I definitely think that there's still going to be a small piece of um, digital components, one of the things that I really liked this past year is with having the digital aspect is I got to go to a lot of different um, or trainings that I probably wouldn't have gone to if it wasn't COVID just because of travel time, those yep. different types of things. And I think a lot of brands kind of recognize that digital, we do have a space for that. So we need to kind of tap into that a little bit. I am missing in person. So sure. I'm excited to see that in person is slowly starting to come back and return. But I do think that there's going to be those components of both having that digital aspect and then having that um, in person. Another thing that I liked about with the digital, you know, we are late night people. So at midnight, I'm up. (laughs) I was looking at stuff and learning stuff. Whereas, you know, the in person, it cuts off at a certain hour. So I definitely think that there's going to be space for both. Yeah, that's great. What's one thing that you learned, maybe a new technique or business building tool during COVID? Does anything stand out? Um, for a business, two things that really stood okay. out. Um, business building thing was to stay consistent, even in, you know, rocky waters, you still needed to put your business and your brand out there. You could not just kind of let it go by the wayside. Um, and then as far as like, um, one of my favorite trends that I'm actually really excited that's back is um, the heavy highlights, the chunky highlights. Ooh, you know, they're back. I know. Uh, they are so back. <laughs> and I'm so excited about them coming back. Um, I just remember that time, like being in high school and like, that was like the it look. And I never thought that I would be able to be like, oh, I did that in high school. I like, know, I right? Like my mom. <laughs> like, I know. So, so for me, it was kind of college and, and post-college, but it was such a, a moment frozen in time that, you know, you're seeing like, I don't know, the Christina Aguilera, remember that? Yeah. It was just yeah. dark yeah. and then really white. It was straight black and then just like pale white. Yes. I don't know. Like how, how long do you think it's going to take me to go there? I'm, I am fairly blended right now. Come and- on. Come on. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> come on over. I know, like, right? I just so remember. fun. And the thing that I like about it now, where it still has a, it's still cool. Like we still have a little bit of that blend there to it. Yep. So it still takes on a modern twist to it, but it's definitely the chunky. And I love it. Do you think it started creeping in with like the money, the money piece? Is it? Like the, okay. Is that how we got there? 
It definitely was because it was like, okay, we got this. Now, how can we? We need a little more, just a little more. So they were like, like, come on, we take need a, a lot back more. Just a little bit. <laughs> I love like, it. Yep, here we are, back to the 2000s. Has anyone requested that of you yet? Like, what is your signature look or um, service that most of your clients come to you for? So, a lot of um, texture. Yep. I do a lot of texture. I love doing um, fashion colors with textured hair. Okay. Um, I'm definitely all about styling. I love doing um, different types of braids. Um, so funny. When I first got into hair, I was actually like afraid of color. Okay. Like, and corrective color to me was we're going to take you black. So I'm just going to put black over what you already had. And it wasn't until I got into some very serious color situations that that was no longer going to work. So I really took the time to really understand color and kind of analyze it. And then I started looking at color for different types of hair types. So how can you wear some of these same colors if you have textured hair versus how do you wear if you have someone who has a straighter textured hair? And what are the different types of things you have to do differently when it comes to formulation? And really understanding the background to it is what makes it a little bit easier for you when you're in the salon. And that's why I always stress to everybody, education, you have to educate yourself as a stylist. We have too many resources available to us now for us not to tap into some of that education so that you can do some of these services in the salon. I think of now everybody wants some form of um, texture in their hair, whether it's a wave, whether mm-hmm. it's a curl or a tighter curl. So really understanding how to create some of those different looks, the education is definitely there for you. Yeah. And I think our industry is, is inching towards or trying to do a better job in educating around textured hair in, yeah. in any shape or form, right? So we all have some type of hair texture, right? Yeah. Um, and how do you utilize different colors? Like interesting that you pointed out it's different formulation based on the texture. I think we still have a little ways to go in educating. Do you? We do. I definitely think that we are still, we have a little ways to go. I'm definitely excited to see the improvements that we yeah. have made around it. Um, I'm definitely excited to see that there's more information coming into the cosmetology schools about yeah. it, Agreed. but uh, we're definitely heading in the right direction for sure. Got it. Yeah. I love it. That's great advice. All right. So our quick takes are our funny kind of one-offs that we ask every guest. And so the first one is Bar soap or body wash? Body wash for sure. Right. You know what? Like, this is that lather of body wash. Yes. You know, I've got to tell you, we've had people say bar soap, and this is this is potentially a polarizing topic. <laughs> no, body wash. All, all right. The, way. All the, the lather, way. the exfoliating. Yeah body wash. All right. You got it. Okay. What are you streaming right now? Whether it's a podcast, Netflix, YouTube, like what are you into? Okay. So <laughs> I feel like everyone's going to be like, what? But don't <laughs> what's me. Okay. Okay. This is like my show. Like I love the show and I can watch this series all the time. And I am um, streaming Dawson's Creek. Like, I love Dawson's Creek. That was like my show in high school. Yes. I was going to say at what moment in time were you frozen in was that that was high school so you were like I'm taking it back like I love Dawson's Creek I know it's Joey Potter like she was the best like like oh my gosh I can watch those Pacey right I know and my boyfriend in high school for sure (laughs) he might not have known it but (laughs) yes 
right up here. I was like, me, me and Pacey, we're here. <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to watch it again. <laughs> All right. So one product that you cannot live without, and this does not have to be a salon product. It can be like just in your life, food, kitchen, entertainment, beauty. Let's hear it. So TikTok gets me every single right. time those ads and I was really like, oh no, I'm not going to do this. But um, I ended up getting it. And wait, let me make sure I have the name of it right. <laughs> Before I forget. Oh yeah. Pacifica, the okay. perfume. This, I feel like I can be a spokesman. It's called um, Dream Moon. <laughs> Everybody okay. has talked about this on TikTok. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, let me just see. I'm going to just try it out. And I love it. Like I'm getting two more bottles of it. Oh, like, they got so you. They got, they got me. Like <laughs> it's in the car, it's one in the purse, it's one at home. Like they got me. Okay. What does it smell like? Like a light summer spring day. Like it's right. just like just... light and airy. Just the per. It's a great everyday scent. All right. All right. That's a good one. TikTok got you. Keep up those TikTok, TikTok ads. Me. Go, you guys go get it. I'm telling everyone about it now. Go get it. (laughs) All right. And then last off, we did touch a little bit on this, but any additional advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry? Put yourself out there. No one knows until you put yourself out there and it's not going to come knocking on your door. You have to put yourself out there and you have to kind of put yourself out there and kind of like be loud about it. Like, you can't whisper. You kind of have to, you know, I literally, anytime I see a contest that interests me, I enter it. Anytime I see a post, I like and comment on it. Okay. Um, I think that that is really big when you, people say like, well, how do I get reposted on like um, behind the chair? And I know behind the chair, modern salon, American salon, they have all said this numerous of times. You have to engage with their pages so they can even yeah. like, know you there's millions of people trying to get on their page so how do you you're like a, a drop in a pond of mm-hmm. people so you have to put yourself out there you have to engage you have to get their attention agree that's great and it doesn't happen overnight so <laughs> if you do it once and it doesn't happen it's okay you have to just keep doing it I keep doing it till this day I'm still doing it when we get finished here, I'm going to go and do it. So you just have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I think your expertise, 17 years of experience. Bernadette Ashley, it was absolutely amazing chatting with you today. Again, she is the artistic educator with Salon by InStyle inside of JCPenney, amongst many other things. Thank you for sharing all of your experience and expertise with our listeners today. No, thank you. I enjoyed it. I hope you all have a great time. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Edgy B Girl. And um, I look forward to chatting with you again. All right. Well, you got it. Edgy B Girl on Instagram because we don't want to just be a drop in the pond. We want to be loud about it, right? So wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. This was really fun. Uh, so I love it. I mean, she has a history of folding towels in her mom's salon too. So like we were, we were jiving. (laughs) Bonded over that experience, that trauma. I love it. (laughs) 
Um, and pretty cool that she comes from a long line of hairdressers. And she was like, I'm not going to do this. And then the industry just sucked her in. And she did it. And she's wildly successful, full of energy and positivity, always looking to improve herself. So a wonderful interview. And again, thank you, Brunetta, for your time today. I wonder how many of our guests that were... I feel like it's mostly, that's a through line. That's an interesting yeah. insight that you just, most of them are like, I grew up in the industry. I didn't want anything to do with yeah. it. And then here they are icons within the industry, which yeah. is fascinating. You can't escape it. I mean, I love it's that she blood. was it's like, in it's in the blood. I love that she was like, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to, you know, she actually started her cosmetology career when she, as she mentioned, uh, was in high school. So it was a means of kind of putting herself through a college and then she was like yeah I, I it's in my blood i can't can't shake it can't shake it don't shake, shake it, it. nope um be sure to hit subscribe rate and review and follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and tiktok at read the tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com volume up is a tease media production this episode was produced by monica hickey and steven jotaran thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and josh landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on youtube 